Thank you for downloading this episode of the Real Ag Radio podcast brought to you by Canola Master. Our equipment is designed to maximize canola yields. With the 160 acres of gold giveaway, we're providing one grower with everything essential to seed, grow, and harvest a quarter section. Enter today at canolamaster.ca. Conditions apply. It's time for Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Radio and RealEggCulture.com is your home for insight and analysis of the issues that are impacting your farm business. Let's get real and get connected with Real Ag Radio. Welcome to Real Ag Radio here on Rural Radio 147, Sirius XM. Sean Haney, your host here on this Thursday edition of the show. Hey, thanks so much for making Real Ag Radio and Rural Radio 147 a part of your workday. And a big shout out to everybody else listening on the Real Egg Radio podcast. Great to have you here as well as our podcast downloads, streams, continues to grow and grow and grow. It's great to have everybody aboard. And for some of you, it's your favorite show of the week. It is Thursday. It's the Farmer Rapid Fire. We got a great list of growers here this week. Uh, let's go through them. So we've got Ethan Wallace, who's from Seaforth, Ontario. We've got Brett Israel, who's in Mapleton County, Ontario. We've got, uh, who else we got here? Oh, Gunther Yoakum from St. Francis Xavier, sorry, in Manitoba. Uh, we've got Mike Shuchuk, who's by Blaine Lake, Saskatchewan. And we'll finish up today with our pioneer agronomist. It is Mike Weir, who's in southern Manitoba, and speaking of Pioneer, they are the sponsor of the Farmer Rapid Fire. So go to Pioneer.com and check out all of their lineup of hybrids and corn, canola, and soybeans. Make sure you check that out. And a big thanks to Pioneer Seeds Canada for being the show sponsor of the Farmer Rapid Fire, ensuring that uh, you know this all happens and really, really appreciate them throwing their support behind this Thursday show. It is great to have them here for sure. If you have any feedback on today's show, send me an email, shaney at realagriculture.com. You can also find us on social media, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, you can also call the Real Ag Lister line, 855-776-6147. Speaking of Instagram and things like TikTok, we, we're really putting together our 23 plans. And one of the things that we're working on, social media lead at Real Agriculture page, page Homequist is going to bring a lot of agronomic content to our reels in 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 Instagram and and what we're doing on TikTok. So check that out. Give us a follow on both those platforms. Uh, 2023, you're going to see a lot of agronomic content content on there. So uh, be a part of that for sure by giving us a follow. When we come back, we're going to get to the farmer rapid fire. We're going to start in Ontario right after this. You're listening to Real Ag Radio, brought to you today by Pioneer Seeds Canada. We call ourselves Canola Master because we want every canola grower to achieve growing perfection. That's why we're launching the 160 Acres of Gold Giveaway and giving you a chance to win everything essential for 160 acres of canola, including agronomy, premium seed, use of our most advanced seed drill, fertilizer, crop protection, and everything essential for harvest. Master your canola with the 160 Acres of Gold Giveaway. Conditions apply. Learn more at canolamaster.ca. 
As you look ahead to the next growing season, there's a lot to consider when it comes to your crop. You need every possible advantage available to you. The Pulse School on realagriculture.com has everything you need to make the best choice for you and your farm. On-demand videos with leading industry experts available anywhere, anytime. Go into the season confident and ready with The Pulse School on realagriculture.com. Be the first stop on every crop tour with Optimum Gly, coming soon from Corteva AgriScience. Optimum Gly is an advanced herbicide-tolerant trait technology designed to optimize growth in your canola, giving you excellent yield potential, improved crop safety, and enhanced weed control. When it comes time for crop tours, everyone will want to take a look. Something big is coming in canola. Optimum Gly from Corteva AgriScience. Learn more at optimumgly.corteva.ca. Welcome back to Real Ag Radio, brought to you today by Pioneer Seeds Canada. Let me tell you what. Go to Pioneer.com. they got corn. They've got soybeans. They've got canola. They've got the hybrids that you are looking for. Go to Pioneer.com. We're going to hear from Mike Weir from Pioneer Seeds Canada a little bit later on in today's program. And we take the farmer rapid fire to Mapleton Township in Ontario, and we're joined right now by Brett Israel. Brett, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks again, Sean. Looking forward to being back with you again. Yeah. Okay. So what's going on on the farm right now? Well, I'm just taking a little break for lunch, uh, <laughs> a little late lunch, but hey, you know what? It's all good. We're uh, working away, getting the last bit of field work wrapped up for the fall, uh, last bit of manure going out, and uh, wrap up, wrapping up the fall tillage. So... Hopefully, by the end of the week, we're going to have things closed in pretty good and ready for the Christmas season upon us. Yeah, but, you know, hey, Christmas season's upon us. You, you say they're like there's a break, but you got livestock, so is there really ever a break? No. <laughs> no, in fact, I mean, uh, Christmas is obviously a, a time for family and friends and celebrating together, but uh, anyone in the livestock industry also knows it can be a bit of a problematic time in terms of managing logistics for processing, harvesting livestock is a year-round business and uh the christmas time can bring with it some additional headaches in fact every holiday can bring with it some additional headaches but uh yeah it'll be nice to have the field work wrapped up for the year and then focus on uh of course livestock you know 365 24-7 type thing yeah. but uh we're definitely looking forward to getting the fields uh field work tidied up and before you know it we'll be on to the new year right like how do you decide christmas day who's going out to feed the pigs how, how how is that decision made? Are you flipping coins, drawing straws? Is it's like the oldest or the youngest gets picked on? How does it happen at the Israel farm? Well, good question. Uh, of course, you know what the three generations working together uh, between Dad, Grandpa, and myself. We all we we'll all end up being in the barn Christmas Day, and I, I think it's part of the routine actually that um, you, you kind of right. So whether it be Christmas Day, or special holiday, or you know, your, your own birthday, right? I mean, uh, the, the duty of a livestock system is that it's one on routine. And the routine you get into is your body will wake up at a certain time, you know, every day. And uh, it doesn't matter what the calendar day is. You still have responsibilities to do. So we'll all end up being in the barn. And as they say, many hands make the lighter work, right? So uh, we'll, we'll all be down there, uh, you know, Christmas morning and and uh, look after the pigs in the morning and then be back again in the afternoon for evening feeding. So, yeah, you know, you know um, I, I think that's a, you know, 
sort of a t- the the teamwork approach is good too because that instead of it being all laid on one person all three all three generations help out get it done and get back home and spend some time uh, celebrating christmas oh for sure yeah and, and i think you know we're definitely trying to do a better job as well with uh maybe splitting up third weekends hopefully where you know we can we can try to get some more time away from the pigs uh, but yep. it's one of those things that everyone has their own unique role carved out within even the act of feeding the hawks you know grandpa certainly Spends a lot of time with the uh, the farrowing sows and, and at that end, and, uh, and I look after the wiener pigs and finishing hogs. Of course, we'll help each other. But yeah, we'll all end up being down there Christmas Day. Who's going to be down there? New Day, right? Depends how crazy New Year's Eve is. But uh, in any case, the pigs will be fed. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, so I, I, how about the marketing? Because you, you've you're, you're doing a lot more like direct marketing and stuff like that. How, how is that working out? Well, you know, it's a great question. Certainly, as we go into the Christmas season, it definitely picks up with that end, too. Uh, we've been really fortunate to work with a lot of great businesses in the area that will work with us for sourcing, you know, uh, employee appreciation gifts for the Christmas season. So we got a bunch of different projects going on that way. Um, like like everything, you know, Christmas season's a big time of the year for the retail end. And when you are in the direct marketing space, you certainly see that as well. Uh, so the farm store is certainly busy and lots of meat and other products going out to keep uh, local employees happy with different companies. So we're definitely appreciative of that. Um, in general, you know, it's kind of the same old thing in terms of if, if we could have additional processing capacity, I think the industry would be in a, in a better position. And, uh, you know, we were always reminded of the fact that we need labor for that. We need capital investment. So it's not an easy step to get there, but additional harvest capacity is, I think, definitely to the, um, to, to the support and the betterment of the, uh, the livestock industry in Ontario. You know, during the pandemic, there was so much focus on processing capacity. It, it kind of right. feels at least in the news cycle, and I'll, I'll include what comes into my inbox. feels like we've kind of taken the foot off the pedal a little bit. It, it's off. Mm-hmm. It, it's a little bit out of the narrative. Is it, do, do you agree? Well, yeah, I, I certainly think that uh, based on the lockdown measures that were implemented during the pandemic, uh, people were reminded of, you know, even where their toilet paper comes from or their paper towels, for goodness sake. So I think that that brought to bear a lot of, uh, a lot of supply chain issues right to the forefront. Um, and I think in terms of the livestock industry, certainly people are obviously, you know, we're only a, a few missed meals away from a lot of societal collapse in some ways it seems so mm. when people are scared about their the, the food security I, I think it definitely puts that issue higher up on the list but you know we hear about it all the time that uh that the more that folks understand you know hey the farmers can be doing a great job raising the animals but you really need a whole system to deliver a, a, a product to market that the people can utilize um i think more folks are becoming aware of the fact that we need to have a, a food security system that focuses on more diversified um, harvest facilities, processing facilities, and the vast amount of industry consolidation that's taken place. I don't think it's to the, to the betterment of a, a diversified root command approach. Yeah. Uh, we found, at least in our area, that some of the smaller plants were able to keep running during pandemic measures uh, just due to the fact they had fewer staff, fewer employees. And so I think we need a diversified approach to the variety of different sites large and small to really deliver the most food security for people all across our province and across Canada for that matter. Now, 
usually here on the farm rapid fire, I'm asking farmers about, you know, 2023 plans. And a part of that 2023 plan is what the heck have you figured out on fertilizer? Now, <laughs> you are an organic producer. Do, do you feel left out of that big decision? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it, it's a great question. You know, we certainly have a lot less uh, fertilizer tools at our disposal, but there definitely are a variety of options that, that producers can use that are, you know, certified organic. Um, and as prices go up for conventional options, you're going to see that trickle over into the organic space as well. So we've certainly seen that it's had impacts uh, on, you know, pricing for um, SOP that we use, for example, even, you know, gypsum or calcel has gone up in price. Um, so, you know, I, I certainly can, uh, can can feel for the folks that have seen the pricing go up, the, the scarcity be an issue as well. And even locally here, you know, we're definitely in the market for buying manures and other inputs from from certain farmers in the area. And uh, as the fertilizer market tightens, it definitely has a trickle over effect into the manure space as well. When fertilizer inputs were a lot more uh, cost affordable and, and the, the supply wasn't in as much uh, potential scarcity, we definitely saw a market where, you know, folks were looking to get rid of manure. And in some cases, they'd even pay for the haulage to your farm if you could take it at the optimal time of the year. Where now, you know, when the market tightens, obviously folks want to utilize that manure and it becomes more of a valued commodity on the farm. So I guess our exposure to the fertilizer markets could definitely be felt through that perspective. Yeah, great stuff. Hey, Brett, thanks so much for joining us here today on Real Ag Radio for the Farmer Rapid Fire. All the best to you during the holiday season, and we'll check in with you in 2023. Yes, sounds good, John. Merry Christmas to you and yours. When we come back on Real Ag Radio, we'll continue the Farmer Rapid Fire, brought to you by Pioneer Seeds Canada. decade plus we've seen quite a significant rise in genetic potential for yield with some of these newer varieties look forward to bigger yields uh, and better protein profiles as well on a per ton basis because we're producing more and more grain on on every acre of land our energy use in the last 30 years has declined by 30 percent that's an incredible story keep up with all the latest in wheat at the wheat school on realagriculture.com if you're involved in the agriculture industry, it's important to stay informed on all the latest issues affecting your business. At realagriculture.com, we offer fast, reliable news, information, and insights to help you keep on top of all of the latest in Canadian agriculture. Visit realagriculture.com and sign up for our free daily newsletter covering everything from news, agronomy, animal agriculture, and much more. Visit realagriculture.com forward slash subscribe today. The Corn School on realagriculture.com has everything you need to take your crop to the next level. Want expert agronomic advice? The Corn School brings you top-notch expertise. Want the latest research? The Corn School brings you cutting-edge research through conference coverage, trial results, and more. And the best part? It's all free and available on your smartphone, laptop, or device anywhere, anytime. The Corn School on realagriculture.com, brought to you by BASF and Pride Seeds. Welcome back to Real Ag Radio for the Farmer Rapid Fire, which is brought to you by Pioneer Seeds Canada. And now we take the Farmer Rapid Fire into Seaforth, Ontario, and we're talking to Ethan Wallace. Ethan, welcome back to the show. How are you, Sean? Hey, man, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing good. So, hey, what's going on on the farm these days? Uh, 
just winter maintenance, winter prep, trying to get uh, trying to get machinery uh, gone over before spring. I uh, had the unfortunate. I blew up my loader tractor two weeks ago, so it's currently sitting in the shop getting torn down to see whether it's terminal or if it's fixable and just mm. the fun stuff that happens on a farm on a daily basis. Yeah. So were you able to get a replacement then, the loader to you or what? Uh, so we use our skid steer for most of the loader work involved in the dairy operation. So this tractor... Um, the loader on it is only really used uh, for picking up bales. So we have a, and then it sits on my TMR mixer. So we have another tractor sitting on the TMR mixer right now. And we have till, till June when hay comes off to make a decision on whether we replace or rebuild or what we're going to do. None of those options are cheap. No, no, not at all. Like we're the, to replace what we lost with a brand new one's over two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. That uh, blows my mind. Yeah. How, sorry, I, maybe I missed it. How old was the unit that you had? Uh, it's a two thousand. Got nine thousand hours on it. A little Kubota. So yeah, uh, a fair sized Kubota for the age of it. Um, if we're gonna replace it, I'm going to go bigger with some more capabilities so it's going to put it in that 200 to 240,000 range so but but you know you you Just, said new 200 grand but even if you found a used one though th- that is not a necessarily cheap option either no 100 and depending on hours and depending on options anywhere from 150 through through 190,000 wow so Okay, so yeah. it, I'm just, I'm curious. Do, like, how, how do you plan for something like this? Do you, do you have money set aside, or it's just like you know what? If something happens, we'll just deal with it. Like, how does your farm approach this kind of stuff? Because everybody's going to be different, so there's no right, right, or wrong way. But how do you approach it? So we're I'm more of the if it happens, we deal with it. Um, I I. We had been considering replacing this tractor, so we were talking about options, and we had already been talking to the bank about options. Um, but as far as having funds sitting around to, to replace a multi-hundred-thousand-dollar piece of equipment, no. It's a lot of money. Um, yeah. And, I mean, it's uh, we have had a, a good year, and and we're in a financial position that I can afford to replace it if I have to. Um through loans and through the line of credit, um, really didn't want to. So we're currently waiting on on priced out pricing on a rebuild, and we'll we'll look at that value and then look at what we need going forward and make a decision. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the struggle of any business owner. It's not just agriculture. I, I mean the the corner store could lose a, a point of sale system and have to deal with stuff like this. So it's, it's one of those stresses, one of those things that, that any business can, can have to deal with. The numbers are just a little bit bigger when it's a piece of equipment like this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you know, the, the, the advantage of not setting the money aside is you're putting money to work. You're using it in other places, right? If, if, if that money set aside, sure. It, it's like, it's there for a rainy day, but you, you, it's it's not working for you either, right? So there's there's different ways to to look at it. Um, you, you, Absolutely, I have 
well, I was just going to say, I've always been of the opinion that I use debt as a tool, right? And if I have money sitting around, it needs to be making me money. And, and that for us in our operation, that's either more cows, more quota, or or updates on our on our milking system. So, um, and then utilize debt for the things that there's just not cash available for. For for that debt, it's that's a good segue. Do, you know, we've got interest rates going up. Do you got that locked in, or are you letting it float? And what's your thoughts? Uh, so the shed we built last year is currently floating. Uh, the rest of our debt is locked for another three and a half years at a at a very good rate. So we were we were lucky that when we when our loans came due, uh, interest rates were at a point that I was able to to re-up for a very low interest rate, and and we'll have another three years of that before the pain hits. Um, that being said, uh, I do I try to stress test all our loans at five plus percent interest. So if they do, if the interest rate was to go to where it is now, I know that I can afford those payments. Oh, doing some sensitivity analysis. I like that. How, have you yeah. been doing that for a long time? Uh, since I took over, uh, I've always, I always loved low interest rates, but I've always been of the opinion that high interest rates were coming back. And if if I wanted to spend money, or if our farm wanted to spend money and do upgrades, we needed to be able to pencil those payments at a higher interest rate. So we've we've all since Joanna and I have taken over or became more heavily involved in the management, even while mom and dad still owned it, we, we stress test all loans at uh, cash flowed all loans at, at five plus percent interest, just, just to know that it was doable if it did happen. And I mean, the, the last six months have showed it, it can and will and did happen. So yeah. I'm not sure it's very common on farms though. When we talk about financial management, I, I don't think that's, we like, I, I've interviewed a lot of people that talk about it and you should do it, but I, I'm not sure it's happening a lot. I think it's that that's a really good example of how you can use it and give yourself that reassurance. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's not just agriculture. It's, it's, it's everybody in general. We have very good friends that, that bought a house and they were very scared. They had to, when their, when their time comes up, they're going to have to move stuff to make sure they can afford the payments going forward because they booked, they paid for their home what they could afford at, at low interest rates. And I don't know whether it's because of my time in agribusiness or Joanna's aversion to debt, but it, it's just, it's just always something that I've considered important to do. And, and so we do that. Okay. So here, here's a question. So we, we're, we've had pretty good increases here this year on rates. Are you starting to do stress tests even higher than 5%? Uh, on any loan going forward? Yes. We'll, we will stress test it at, at an additional, probably 2%. Um, I think we're getting close to close to historic norms for interest rates and well, I think they can go up a bit more. I don't. I honestly don't believe we'll see the early '80s that uh, of of myth and legend in the yeah, '20s. But I hope not. Uh, uh, that's that's two of us. Because <laughs> on on our existing debt load, that's a lot of money a year to pay in interest. 
Yeah, the, if if we hit the '80s interest rates, I'll tell you, the, the conversations on this show are going to get a lot more negative. Yeah, fast. No, absolutely. <laughs> but wow, but, and but we're hearing dollar values of of farmland at exorbitant numbers currently in our area. Yeah, yeah. But can you make sense of that? No. Okay. The, the, no. Uh, the, the two farms that just sold for a lot of money, a lot more than I think they probably should have, were for reasons that I understand for the farmers that bought it. But but as for someone else coming in and competing at that level, I, I just I don't understand it. It, it does not cash flow. Mm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that happening uh, across Canada and the U.S., Ethan, thanks so yeah. much for uh, joining us here today on the Farm Rapid Fire. All the best to you. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. And we'll chat with you again in 2023. Perfect. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Sean. Have a Merry Christmas. When we come back on Real Ag Radio, we're going to jump across the Canadian Shield. and We're going to hit the prairies. You're listening to Real Ag Radio for the Farmer Rapid Fire, brought to you by Pioneer Seeds Canada. Infuse some energy into your next corporate event, customer meeting, or conference with Real Ag Radio, Canada's national agriculture radio show. Create a unique experience at your next event with host Sean Haney, broadcasting Real Ag Radio live on Sirius XM, featuring exciting guests, captivating interviews, and the latest news from the agriculture community. Contact advertising at realagriculture.com or call 587-787-1795 to book your on-location with Real Ag Radio today. Canola and its beautiful bright yellow flower blankets the prairies every growing season with 20 million plus acres. There's one place you need to go to get all your canola agronomic information, canolaschool.com. That's where you'll find all you need to know about seeding, disease, weeds and insects, harvest and marketing. Engaging and informative content all at your fingertips when you need the information. Visit canolaschool.com, brought to you by Invigor Hybrid Canola and BSF Canada. And welcome back to Real Life Radio, brought to you today by Pioneer Seeds Canada. Go to pioneer.com. And we take the farmer rapid fire into St. Francis, Xavier, Manitoba. And we're talking to Gunther Yoakum. Gunther, how are we doing today? Hey, Sean. I'm doing great. I'm sitting in my office looking outside. Nothing but snow as far as the eye can see. We're in the grips of a Colorado low that's turning in North Dakota. We're trying to haul grain. Fiona is out in the truck. She texted me from about 100 kilometers away. She said, Dad, I'm stuck. Mm. I said, okay. <laughs> so what? Like, what's going on? She said, I pulled over. Like, she unloaded and she's stuck. She can't get going again. But oh, she, in the meantime, since since we've been talking, she actually got unstuck. She's oh, on nice. her way home. We're nice, yeah. nice. Hey, are you are you a winter guy? Do you like winter? Uh, I like winter for honestly, if I had my way, winter for two months. Yeah, December and January, and then February. Come on, give me <laughs> let the heat come in and uh, March, nice and warm. Get seeding in April. Good to go. I I don't mind snow, but I'm getting old, and I I don't like the cold that much. Oh, your so. your joints are impacted. You're getting older now. Is that what's going on? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the lower back starts to ache a little bit more. You're putting on some A535. You, you smell like a cinnamon tree. Okay, stop oh, right. it. <laughs> okay. Uh, now, uh, let's, this is the time of the year. Like you said, snow's flying. We spend a little bit more time uh, as a cash cropper thinking about the year ahead, reviewing the numbers from yep. the past year. Do you enjoy this time of the year where you sit down and kind of do some review and some forecasting on uh, the next growing season? Yeah, actually, I do. I I love the analytics of of it all. Looking back, looking at last year's budget, uh, and then seeing where we got it right, where we got it wrong, you know, plugging in the numbers, running the budgets again based on last year's numbers, and then comparing those two budgets. And of course, this year, Oh man, it uh, the last year's fall budgets were way off com- as to what was going on in 2022 compared to after harvest. Right, looking back, it uh, and it, we were way off in a good way here. Um, so now we we still try to improve on that. Right, we're mm. we're trying to forward sell better. Uh, we're, we're analyzing where the yield came from, where we didn't get a yield, which corners of the field were lacking, uh, and so on. Uh, we have some good data, lots of data to, to go through. Um, you know, soil samples still uh, coming in, and uh, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll see where it takes us. I, it's absolutely exciting for me. Last, last week on the show, Kent Erickson from Irma was on the show and he said a phrase that I hear more and more when I'm you know talking to farm management consultants accounts they say you know this is Kent's words no you got to know your numbers if you think about the spectrum of knowing your numbers and there's you know there's people that have no clue about their numbers and there's people that are you know could basically be a, a CMA in the marketplace they they know their numbers so well where do you put yourself on the spectrum and how do you try to improve on that every year? Ah, geez, that's, that's a good question. And, um, I, I'm somewhere in the middle. Like yeah. I'm by no means am I a, a super expert. Um, I, I look at my farm and, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit more old school where I have a lot of this stuff bouncing around my head. You know, Fiona, on the other hand, she needs, she builds spreadsheets and she inter, uh, you know, interlaces them. You, you plug in a number there and it changes it everywhere and all these other pages. And it's exciting. I like looking at those. And, but, but she needs to know right down to, you know, um, right down to the fuel that we use when we haul grain away. Uh, what, what if we line up a backhaul, you know, does, does that make it better? What about fertilizer? If we split apply it, what, you know, on and on and on, or, you know, what if we, uh, instead of having a canola blend, we actually get, we, we get some more bins and we have the sulfur in one bin, the phosphate in another bin, and we get an air cart that can handle all these, uh, products and then, uh, you know, make it go, uh, on the fly kind of thing instead of just having a uh, one uh, canola blend yeah. in the bin, and uh, I I let it go with this because it, uh, it it's good for her to to analyze it that way. I'm a little bit more old school, and I'm very much uh, 
I always joke I'm a I'm a lazy farmer. But <laughs> what? I, when, when I think of lazy, I, mean I that, don't think of Gunther Yoakum. Wait a minute. Well, well, I know, and it's it, it's maybe a bad analogy. But what I what I don't like is uh, I, I like simplicity, efficiency, and so I'm very keen on how can we do this with the least amount of work. You know, get the most production yep. with the least amount of work, and and as far as uh, farm profitability, I I always go back to well, what did we do last year? How much did it cost to live off of this farm? There's no off-farm income on our farm. None. Never has been. Yep. And I, I don't know if it ever will be, but I, I'm a farmer. Yep. So I always take the maximum that, that we spend that year divided by the acres, and I come up with this massive number, and I say, this is what we have to make in order to to protect our way of life and whatnot, upgrade equipment, uh, rent land, uh, buy land, you know, all, all these things. And then, you know, you, you try to add to it. Of course, that number changes from year to year because if it's a full-blown drought, you won't spend as much on fungicides and fertilizer and whatnot. But so, so I look at that. And I think that number is very, very important. Financial analysts, they get sidetracked with, uh, oh, no, no, you, you want to see a return uh, per crop or a return, you know, and analyze right down to uh, everything you do. Where I'm going, well, I'm growing all these crops. So on average, if the crop returns that, and sometimes you have lost leaders. Yeah, you can't put the whole crop to, to be, canola, right? Like if canola showed the no, biggest return, you, you can't, can't put the whole crop there. You can, you cannot, and and some crops won't return what you'd like them to, but they're good for the crop rotation. They're good for the soil. They're good to break cycles, and so we have them in there. And uh, yeah, that that's where I come from. And but I I do like all the numbers that Fiona is running across my desk, and she goes, "Dad, Dad, look at this." So we look at it. It's uh, it's exciting. Actually, her coming back to the farm. It's kind of given me a second wind. You know, I was kind of really looking for, forward towards retirement. Maybe not so much anymore. And Crystal doesn't like to hear that because she, she's the retirement. Hate winter. Let's get out of here. And I'm going, no, 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 no. We need to stay home because we need to analyze all this. What it sounds like there, Gunther, is you've raised yourself a real financial keener. <laughs> she does like money. <laughs> and so do I. And no, she just wants to be successful, right? Yeah. And she wants to understand uh, how the business works and how it, and she wants to figure out how it actually should work yeah. and, and how, how to get better, how to yeah. get better. We can't just, we can't just sit back and say, you know, last year this, this worked. So let's just stay with that. Right. No, no. Yeah. She is always pushing me, but can't we do it a little bit different? You know, what, what about this? And so she, she challenges us, and I, I good, actually appreciate it. You know what? And I'll say this, Gunther. Good for you for being accepted. Because I, I think there's a lot of farms where it's like, listen, I've been doing this for 30 years. You're new. Yeah, you got some – you're eager. You, you'll, you'll become cynical over time. Just quiet down over there. 
And, and you're doing the opposite. You're, you're like, okay, what can I, what can I actually learn from this person? That's got a whole new perspective. There's some youth, there's some energy. What, what, what can I learn and put those two things together? That that's the really cool thing. Yeah. And we, uh, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm still in charge here, Sean. Okay. <laughs> I, okay, I okay. Always, oh, we got, we got that on the know, record. I, we got that on the record. I always joke. I say, you know what? We, I, I tell people, oh yeah, yeah. You know, the second gen, the next generation, Fiona, you know, we always, uh, use Fiona's ideas as long as they align with mine, as long as we <laughs> do it the way I like it. So, there you go. So it, just in case she hears this, <laughs> she goes, dad, that's not at all how it is. <laughs> but no, it, no we stuff. do discuss a lot and she does challenge me and, uh, yeah, you know, she she pushes my buttons and I push right back and back and forth. It, it's good. Good I stuff. It's good. And I, I want her to take charge. So. Hey, Gunther, all the best to you. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and we'll chat with you in 2023. Thank you, Sean. Same to you and your family. We'll be right back on Real Ag Radio for the conclusion of the Farmer Rapid Fire, brought to you by Pioneer Seeds Canada, right after this. Here's what Wheat Pete's Word on RealAgriculture.com is all about in under 30 seconds. It's wheat time. I love wheat time. I love wheat. Get that sulfur on. Get that seeding rate right. Get that nitrogen on your wheat right. Get that protein. Know your variety. Know when you need to put fungicides on. Pick your product. Pick your rate. Do the right job. Get this wheat crop right. Have a nice day. Grow amazing wheat. Want to get the best out of your soybean crops? Whether you've been growing them for a generation or are just starting into soybeans, find what you need to know at SoybeanSchool.com. You'll see videos on growing tips, pest control, and much more from specialists across the region, all in one place. Easy for you to access from your desktop, tablet, or mobile phone. Maximize your yields by staying up to date with the Soybean School, presented by BASF, Pride Seeds, and Syngenta Canada. And we take the farmer rapid fire to Blaine Lake, Saskatchewan. We're talking to Mike Shuchuk. Mike, how are you doing? Good, Sean. How are you doing today? Good. Okay, what's happening on the farm? Oh, right now I am. Uh, we're just hauling out some grain right now. Just kind of get some stuff in before Christmas here and steal a few contracts and stuff like that. And seed plant is rolling, so keeping that fed and. You know how that all goes. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, well, it, it is, have you had a lot of cold weather lately? It's not. It, it hasn't been bad. Like we've had, I think, one major cold snap so far. And uh, other than that, I mean, we've been able to roll pretty decently here. So it hasn't been too bad. But I mean, we know it'll come. Chilly mornings, though, when you're hauling grain sometimes, though. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I know uh, some of the <laughs> really questioning the some of the battery quality on some of the farm you're like it seems below minus 20 like nothing wants to turn over and and uh yeah it's just uh, boosters are a hot commodity this time of year <laughs> yeah and, you, and you're always like who the heck didn't plug this truck in <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that's right it was me usually me yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah totally yeah oh exactly. man oh so when yeah. you're when you're hauling some grain uh long lineups at the elevator or what's that been like it's 
Yeah, it's it's kind of been variable. Like one week will be good, and then uh, you know, and and one week will be you know there'll be a two hour lineup sometimes. So it's it's kind of hit and miss, but generally it's been pretty good. But uh, you know, for for the elevators too, I mean they're they're kind of at the mercy of the rails as well. So you kind of got to cut them some slack, and uh, it is what it is sometimes. And, yeah. You know, then there's cold weather too, and they try to push things also and logistics are uh are tough this time of year in western canada so it's expected when you gotta wait two hours at the elevator do you try to answer email and make some phone call like or you take a book and (laughs) like what do you do no usually yeah i mean i hold i'm not the main uh, grain hauler on the farm here but i mean i've hauled a few loads this year and and I was able to, uh, unlucky enough to catch the one of the two-hour lineups. So actually, I, it was it was kind of a change of pace. So <laughs> probably spend more time on TikTok than I should have. But, uh, <laughs> but no, also. <laughs> well, at least got you're some, honest. Yeah, no, I like it. Got some other things to do. So. <laughs> hey, you know what? It, it it passes the time. It passes the time. So exactly, yeah. How, what do you make of the markets and stuff right now as you look ahead, uh, whether it's on the commodity side or on some of the inputs like fertilizer and diesel? What, what, what's your thoughts going forward on 23? Well, I mean, things are just so darn variable. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to say when to pull the trigger on, on anything, really. It's, there's just so much volatility. Like for, like for Ford, contracting for 23 i'm a little hesitant to do it just we're pretty dry here um we need we're we're fortunate we have some decent snow so far but i mean we're gonna need a lot of rain come springtime and a lot more snow to replenish things to to even have an average crop so so i'm a little hesitant in that regard um for on the grain side of things but uh you know for fertilizer we we have everything priced there i think that we need um and I mean, it's not cheap. I mean, man, when we look at the per acre basis of fertilizer that we're spending, like, uh, you know, other years we're around like the $100 mark per acre. I mean, this year it's, and we're not even shooting for a huge crop. I mean, it, it's going to be closer to the $200 mark range. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's pretty scary what's, what's out there for numbers. So you're short on moisture. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, we were just kind of, yeah, like we're, we're north of Saskatoon about 45 minutes, but we're, we were just right on kind of the edge of the trail. Like everything south of us was, was very dry, um, you know, almost similar to last year. Um, but, you know, for us, we were right on the edge of it. So, so we kind of pulled off. We were a little bit below average uh, for a crop here overall. Everything to the north of us was actually pretty good. We were just kind of a, the cutoff line here for, for mm. the drought. So, yeah, because I, yeah. I, I would have. Because we've talked to some farmers north of you, like so, if, you know Prince Albert North, like getting up against yep. the the park, and people have talked about how great the grass has been. So yeah, <laughs> I, I I thought you were going to say you're okay. So that's interesting. You're sort of at the the cutoff there. Oh, exactly. Yeah, we were we were just at the cutoff here, and I know going fishing up north a few times. Uh, up north, we, we drive through like uh, you know Blaine Lake, Shellbrook that way, and. And uh, they caught a few key rains there, and uh, mm. things looked just beautiful, um, you know, all year there. And, uh, um, I mean, yeah, they probably had a little more heat than they would have wanted to, but I, I think they pulled off some pretty decent crops there. And uh, so just and then you get to Blaine Lake and you go south, uh, the rain quit there. So yeah. that's, that's the way it is. Okay. Most important question I'm going to ask you. 
Where is the best ice fishing in Saskatchewan? <laughs> oh, well, I don't want to give away my secret. <laughs> that's, sacred, that's sacred information, John. <laughs> well, I didn't say like your no. favorite spot on the lake. I just said which location. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what, Sean? We like uh, traditionally like ice fishing. We like to go like around Besnard Lake area, like, uh, um, so that'd be kind of like, um, I guess, uh, West of Larange, um, Besnard Lake area has always been good for, for walleye and, uh, we, we've always been well there. So that's kind of our, our go-to, uh, nice. spot, uh, most years. So, yeah. I've always thought that ice fishing's underrated. <laughs> no, I agree. Like you can have a lot of fun ice fishing. I mean, it's, you're sitting out there with, uh, you know, whoever you're with, you make the best of it. It's, uh, um, it's a good time. Like, do you got the whole shack and like, you're like, do you, like how, how, how into it are you? Like, how far do you go here? Like, give us, give us yeah. some insight into what a, an ice fishing trip looks like. <laughs> well, I, I guess, uh, like we always did like a family trip with, with the guys here, just, uh, the whole kind of work crew here. Yeah. And, uh, in that regard, we would, we would always actually take a camper, uh, up North and, uh, you know, have a propane heater and everything. And, uh, and we just have some temporary ice fishing shacks that we pop up then we kind of move from, from spot to spot. And, uh, cool. you know, that was, that was some of my favorite ice fishing. I know a lot of guys pit in, in an ice fishing shack and, you know, one or two spots here, but, uh, you know, that was kind of some of my favorite, uh, fishing and, you know, set up a barbecue, cook fish right on the lake. I mean, that's, it's, uh, you can't beat it. Oh, man. Okay. I feel like I, I gotta go now. Like I, I do. I, I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't been for a long time. I used to go with my grandpa, uh, the, you know, every winter, but, I feel like uh, I, I gotta I gotta do it. I, I've because it is it is like I said it's pretty uh, it's pretty underrated. It doesn't get the attention <laughs> that boat or river fishing does. So yeah, totally yeah. And then you know on, on some of the memories on top of that also we I have is uh, you know snowmobiling uh, attached to it as well. And uh, we uh, went up with a few buddies there one year, and uh, there was a underneath the uh, one of the bridges there, like the water was wide open, eh? And uh, these guys, just, they just unhooked their toboggans from behind it, cruised right over the water there, like water skipping on their skidoos. Like it was, it was something to see. <laughs> luckily, looking, luckily looking back, like no, we didn't have any accidents. But I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's it's it, it was it was a lot of fun. Do you ever take your sled into the mountains? Yeah, yeah. Actually, we're uh, we're going to Revelstoke tomorrow. Oh uh, wow, cool. Yeah, my. Yeah, yeah. So we're really looking forward to that. So that's uh, we kind of try to make it there once a year and uh, and uh, do some sledding there. And uh, yeah, no, it's always a always a really good time. So I've disclosed on this show my... before. It ter- that terrifies me. Like I, it I terrifies you. It does. Yeah, I, I've never been. And this is probably one of those things where I don't, you know, I don't know what I don't know. People talk about like they're passionate about it. I got buddies that go all the time. It's like the avalanche and the, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm a flat grounder. I'll go like yeah. 60 miles an hour through the pasture, but I, I, I've never been in the mountains. No, it's, it, it's a good time. I mean, once you, once you go and kind of learn and, uh, I mean, it, it's important to take things like avalanche safety courses and then just know the terrain, the conditions. And I mean, there's, there's good apps and, and updates to know the snowpack and yeah. and you know all that stuff to uh, to avoid avalanches and just being on the wrong terrain so it's uh i mean if you're prepared i mean and and, and everything it's i i'd say it's it's some of the most fun you could have in life too so. 
Oh, wicked. Okay, well, we, we managed to talk half of this about farming and the other half about fun activities <laughs> to do in the wintertime. But you know what? That's what's awesome. I, I It's my show. I can do whatever the heck I want. So, hey, Mike, this has been uh, really fantastic. All the best to you during the Christmas season. We'll chat with you again in 2023, okay? Right on, Sean. We'll talk to you later. Thank Cheers. you. And we finish up this week's Farmer Rapid Fire with our sponsor, Pioneer Seeds Canada. We're talking to the Manitoba Area Agronomist for Southern Manitoba. It is Mike Weir. Mike, welcome back to the show. Hey, good to hear you. Okay, um, what, what do you got going on right now? What, what is a, what's an area agronomist in Manitoba doing here in mid-December? Yeah, so there's there's a lot going on right now, and, and uh, especially in a, in a condensed fall like we saw this year that, uh, you know, a very open fall that we needed and, and it kind of condensed a lot of uh, early sales season that we, we take advantage of uh, before we get to farmers year end. So a lot of growers are looking for, for the latest and greatest genetics and a lot of yield data and, you know, which products fit the right acres. And, and so I've been spending a lot of time helping growers through those decisions. And, and uh, as of last week, we've, we've got through our, our first early book as far as, uh, sales go and now we've we've quickly turned the page or i have as far as uh you know looking into 2023 now so working with growers on um you know challenges we're going to see in the new year and then working with the sales reps uh within the area that i cover on and putting on grower meetings so we can help them with those those decisions that we as we move move into the new year so as you put together the slide deck for some of those grower meetings you know giving presentations to growers throughout the territory what 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 are some of the key things you're going to be making sure you communicate to them uh, in some of those meetings? Yeah, it's well, great question. And it's, you know, we can go in a lot of different directions just, um, you know, based on which area your your group of growers you're speaking to, but, you know, we always seem to do a bit of a year in review and, and uh, you know, what worked, what, what didn't, what were some of the new challenges we've seen this year versus other years, uh, um, so, you know, initially sitting down here and talking with our sales agencies and, and some of the topics that they're hearing from the growers in the area, um, you know, there's, there's the new, the new challenges we're dealing with as far as supply of products. So whether it's, it's, uh, chemicals to spray on, on seed genetics, um, whether it's glufosinate or glyphosate and, you know, as of late here with some insecticides that are getting pulled off the shelf for a year, um, you know, talking about some of the options there as far as managing flea beetles with other things um, like genetics or seed treatments or other insecticide options. Um, you know, we, we see some, some I guess you'd call a new kid on the block as far as diseases going canola, but for psyllium wilt, which has been confirmed a while ago, but it, it really blew up last year. So a lot of questions as far as what are some of the ways to mitigate risk on, on a pathogen like that. So, you know, that's kind of a short list, I guess, uh, to answer your question. Mm-hmm. But um, other things, you know, we talk about some some challenges in, in corn and soybean production, too, as far as weeds and weed control and maybe some insect pests where we can help them through talking about seed treatments and different genetics or traits within those genetics. Okay, so I want to do a little bit of role play and, and, and role play switch, okay? So... Okay. Usually you're you're the one standing up giving the presentation and talking, you know, answering questions. Put yourself in the audience for a second. Put your farmer hat on. What question would you ask yourself as you're listening to that year interview and planning ahead? What what question would you ask? What, what 
Can you can you do that for me? Well, yeah, like, and I guess I have an advantage there. I do farm a bit myself, and and uh, you know, have the opportunity to sit on different sessions from other other agronomists and in- industry specialists, and and I guess a, a a big question that I have is just around risk in the environment we're we're growing a or we're farming in right now, and ways to manage that. So. Um, you know, what are some strategies we should be using as far as managing risk on fertilizer costs and, you know, managing risks as far as taking advantage of um, the highs in the markets and and uh, managing risks around the challenges we see with disease pressure in different crops like canola. Um, you know, what are, what are some of the strategies that uh, we as farmers should be looking at on our farm to kind of a holistic approach of the, you know, from the high... Um, high view, thousand foot view on our farm. What are things that we can do to manage all of those things as we look into into twenty twenty three? I think you just hit on what a lot. Your, your question is right in line with where I think a lot of majority of growers are. <laughs> you know how do, how do I how do I maximize production profitability, but also minimize some of the risks that could attack those numbers, right? That that's and it. There's there's no silver bullet. There's a lot of moving parts, but I think what you described is what a lot of growers are going through uh, as well, they look at 2023. And across a very large area too, right? Yeah. Like you, we we or I I talked to a lot of folks across Western Canada and specifically right in in Manitoba and and yourself speak with growers across uh, all Canada and maybe even. In even North America, um, and it's it's all the same challenges everyone's facing. So, you know, as an agronomist sitting down this time of year and building those slide decks, it's it's you got to kind of put your farmer hat on and think about those those questions that are being asked, so they can be presented in a way that can be, um, you know, easily understood by the by the audience. So, so no, it's a it's a challenge, and it's it's funny when you when you sit down and start thinking about that thousand foot view. It's it's amazing how you step back and get down to the basics on you know crop rotation and and uh, you know talking to the experts from a marketing standpoint. You know you know not trying to hold on to it for um, to take advantage of that one and done sale. Uh, be comfortable with your your profit and where you're making a profit and, and sell a little bit, a little bit as you go for cash flow and um, all those things we learn as far as the basics, it's, it's important to, to really start looking at those things again. Absolutely. Mike, thanks so much for joining us here. Hey, Merry Christmas to you. And we'll chat with you again in the new year. Okay. Yeah. Same to you. Merry Christmas. If you have any feedback on today's show, send me an email, shaney at realagriculture.com. Or of course, you can call the Real Ag Listener line, 855-776-6147. Big shout out and thanks to everybody at Pioneer Seeds Canada for being our show sponsor for the Farmer Rapid Fire. Thanks so much, everybody, for getting real and getting connected with Real Ag Radio. And we will chat again tomorrow. Cheers, everybody. Thank you for downloading this episode of Real Ag Radio, brought to you by Canola Master. We call ourselves Canola Master because we want every canola grower to achieve growing perfection. Master your canola with the 160 Acres of Gold giveaway. Enter today at canolamaster.ca. Conditions apply. Conditions apply.